Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about how we consider the various audiences in our congregation, and we discuss this week's messages in our series entitled Slowing Down. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody. Armchair Preaching, episode number 65. Back with the Bowtide. Yes. As I said, uh, Pastor John. As I said to others in the past, Bowties are contagious around here. They do. Yeah. They just pop up in random places. I'll say it looks better today than it did last time. It looked good last time, but you could tell there's yeah, the, the bow tying ability. The more you yeah, do it, yeah, it's, yeah. and certain bow ties are easier to tie than others. This was an easier bow tie to absolutely. tie. Yeah, you get ones that are tiny and they're supposed to be like this low profile, and you're like, how am I getting a knot in this thing? There's and no the way. fabric on them is harder. Yeah. The stiffer fabric is harder. Yeah, mean? yeah. Well, today uh, we are we are coming off of uh, another week in our series called Slowing Down, yeah. talking about yielding to the mm-hmm. will of God. You were in classic, I was in Vine, but you. One of the things that you picked up in both of our messages um, that you wanted to kind of talk about yeah. um, as kind of a general overview question uh, had to do with with this week's message as yeah. well, too. Yeah, so I, I, as, as I was listening to yours, because for those who are listening, you know, obviously we can't be in the same room together, so we, we listen to each other's message online, and then we come into this room. And I noticed that, and I've noticed this for the past couple of weeks as well, that we you and I both say things like, if you grew up in the church, yeah. you know Da, da, da. And so this week was if you grew up in the church, you know we've talked about foot washing. You know that foot washing was a yeah. was a was a um, was for the lowest of servants, a nasty job to, to do. And it just occurred to me as I was listening to that there there are there are there are multiple audiences that we address in one congregation at at on any given Sunday. Yeah. Multiple and you know in, in biblical terms, you could talk about it in terms of there are those who are um, on drinking milk, and there are those who are who are eating solid foods, eating yeah. you know sort of the milk drinkers and meat eaters. They're all in the same room uh, together, and we're trying to communicate in the art of preaching we're trying mm-hmm. to communicate to a group of people who are all over the place some of them are well healed in the scriptures they know their scriptures they've done there's there's not only the scriptures but they've done doctrinal studies and then there's some people who this is all brand new yeah i mean and you want them to be in in the room there so the question that i thought i think i thought would be interesting to talk about is that how do you prepare yeah for what is what you know already is going to be a room full of people of varying uh, abilities and varying understandings, new to the faith, long time in the faith. Um, whether th- that's not associated with chronological yeah, age, because some people can be you know eighty five years old and brand new to the faith or having a, an awakening. But just they're just they're. How do you deal with that, and how do you prepare for uh, people who have that that a, a room full of people have that breadth of understanding of the faith? Yeah, and I think too, you know, this past Sunday was especially like that because we did have a festival afterwards. It was an inviting event, so the anticipation—I know I felt it. I'm sure you probably felt it as well—that there would be maybe more in that uh, new, not yet kind of audience. So, whenever I go into a message, 
uh, I'm always conscious of those audiences. And, and one of the things I'm having to get better at, and I don't know how you feel about this, but remembering that there's not just two audiences in the room. We now have a third audience online. That's true. That is very different than the, than the two audiences. And actually, we can talk about this in a moment. I, I was reminded this week that we have a third audience online because I got feedback from my message from people that were online only and so people that they missed something you know they they weren't in the room and i had that was the audience i forgot about um but i always think through when i'm when i'm going through a message i uh, even in the outline process i kind of make little mental notes or even sometimes physical notes about things that will be foreign to a non-believer or someone who is less churched than another. So this week for me, the the Maundy of Maundy Thursday was a big right. one, right? And even church people, depending on your tradition, yeah, I'd never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, if you were in, and, and if and, and we have a lot of uh, Baptist charismatics who aren't as liturgically focused, don't don't think about the church calendar. I think we spoke a little bit about church calendar and how that is not. As as prevalent in some traditions as others, sure. so there's that side of it too. They might be very well versed in in the Bible, but then we've added all these churchy words, right? So those types of things, things like foot washing, as you mentioned as well, that are that are really like weird and and what kind of thing, you know? And then having to decide the the big question is how to decide how much to explain, yeah. About those, because you don't want to over-explain, yeah, yeah. For, and and you don't want to under-explain, and you got to kind of know your audience and, and and strike that balance. Well, and also too, knowing where the focus of that message is going, right? So right. If, the, if the if the message is really, I, you know, I've preached on John thirteen several times, and if the focus of the message is on the act of foot, foot washing itself um, as a as as a representative, you went into that a little bit more as a representative for the type of service i just talked about it in a general yeah. way so i didn't go into the foot washing quite as much just and i just i usually i think i just did like a sentence maybe even two sentences of but i hear you know in the past you 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 got all messages, into it yeah, yeah yeah so you made the choice for this message just to to touch on it explain it and then and move, move on. on yeah so those so i go through and i make that i and I, i'd be curious to hear your your point on this too because the thing that I find it's easier for me to identify those places where I feel like non-believers are going to get lost. Yeah. Sometimes I maybe overdo that, and I, I fail to realize that the majority of people in the room are at least somewhat familiar with with yeah. what we're talking about, and so so there there's that balance. There's yeah. that, that it's and it's almost an internal tension, right? That, that yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel the same tension. I, you know, but putting it together because you know you, you, there were concepts, and I and I, you know, I, I was I was full on into that this week, and that's part partly on mm-hmm. in my mind as well because I was in God's sovereign will, God's yeah, moral you really will, God's man. individual. I was like, I'm yeah. like, man, I'm in the weeds yeah. right now, but yeah. I'm trying to every every time I went into that, I tried to step out of it and say, this is what it, this is why what it matters. It means, yeah. This is this is why it matters, and I think I did a better job in the in person services with that than I did in the online. I was going to ask you about that too because I listened to it obviously and. And, 
and that's the that's the pre-recorded. So there's yeah. nobody in the room. Yeah, you're not looking at the room. You don't, and you're having to project who's potentially watching it online. Did that? How much did well, you feel like this week it to changed? To this question, yeah. though, to this question of you know how do you adjust for the for the milk eaters versus the the, the solid food meat eaters? You know, <laughs> uh, you're looking around the room, and you and you know this person is fairly new to the yeah. faith. You know, that's that's just a it's just no, it's not a not a not saying anything bad about them. It's no, just no, no, a no, reality no, no. about yeah. that person. And so you know that that person is not really going to be tracking with you if you go too heavy on, on something. On the other hand, you're looking across the room and said that person could probably teach this yeah. subject in a in a class or a Bible study and probably has taught this yeah. class. So they're well, well healed in this in this topic here. So you just – always the one of the principles that I've – even almost a mantra I've come up with in, in, in the past is, said, is that when you, you're, you're perfectly – it's perfectly valid to use these churchy words. Yeah. You just use them when you use them in a sentence, end the sentence with a comma, not a period. Yeah. You know, this is you, what it means. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we're talking about sanctification. I use that. That was one I used on Sunday. Yeah. Now I thought about that. Sanctification. Yeah, you did, yeah. Comma. Yeah. Which is this lifelong process of becoming more and more like Christ. Yeah, and I think both of us have, and I think you can hear it when you when when people listen to us preach over the course of months and years. We have these little phrases that we've that fit our flow and fit our vernacular that explain some of those things, or even yeah. people. We've talked people, about this in the past. Yes, you know, exactly. We just throw out Paul, right? Well, who I you know who what Paul? Who but Paul you and I both know Paul. Yeah. One of the early Christian church leaders. Exactly, yeah. One, that's yeah. six words yeah. and just brings exclamation for the person who's brand new to the faith. Well, and even and, – and, and I think I've, – I've had people come – and I wonder if you've had people that have come back to you and from the church that are these well-versed, biblically literate people say – why do you feel the need to explain who King, who King David is every time? I mean, because I, I do every time. I mean, yeah. classic, fine, yeah. almost every – and I say to them – because I know you know, but not everybody knows King David. We yeah. don't use last names here. I mean, yeah. we're, so we're trying to say, well, what is this king, and why is he so important that I keep hearing his name so many? So I, I feel like I feel the urgency to just say, you know, the most godly, well-respected, you know, leader of God's people in the Old Testament, and so something like that is. It's is, a communication principle. It's a yeah. kindness in many ways for people who are new to the faith. Because mm-hmm. how, how many people have are new to the faith that listen to a message where you where you are digging into mm-hmm. the scriptures and you're trying to explain some things, and they still don't know they, they don't get the they don't get the references. Mm-hmm. So we're you know, and what I find is that most most people who've been around the church for a while they understand what you're doing. I think of some a comment I had some years ago. Probably six years ago now, somebody said, I really appreciate that you do that because mm-hmm. I understand what you're doing, but I realize as I'm looking around the room, yeah. there's just, those other people don't, and there's no way they could. They're, they're just so It's so new to them. There's no way they could. You're just you're showing them. Yeah. Um, you're helping them understand as I understand. Well, and our hope, too, I would that would be an encouragement for people that are that are well-versed in the faith and in, in, in the Scripture that they could know that if they brought their unbelieving friend, that their unbelieving friend is not going to be lost, or they're, they're at least going to have some sort of a roadmap to navigate what's going on. It will still be foreign. I think churches go the, the opposite direction where they try to make everything so the, – the old the old terminology was seeker-friendly, right? right. It wasn't – and then, then, the, then the phraseology changed to seeker-sensitive, which I think is a little bit better because we're, we're thinking about it, but we're not changing everything – 
to the end of of the seeker because that's not really the biblical model. I mean, Paul says, "Be aware of the unbeliever among you, and and think about the unbeliever yeah. among you." But you don't fashion it to the unbeliever among you. It's still a worship service. It's still a worship service. It is still has content that is scriptural and that needs to be understood. And I think people that are that are coming in that are that are not churched folks. I don't. I, maybe some of them are. They, they their walls go up when things get foreign. But I'm like, well, you know what? And I've used this. I've used this metaphor time and time again. Several years ago, I was out in in L.A. I was at a class um, for my doctorate, and and part of the class, and and people laugh. I'm, but no joke. This was part of the class was to go to an L.A. Dodger game. I'm not even kidding. That was part of the class, and I had never been to a Dodger game before. So I had. No idea the chants that they used and and the the songs that they used or the flow. I mean, I know how baseball games work, but yeah. but you know, going to any different home yeah. any home game is going to have a. But you know, by the fourth inning, I got it. Yeah, by yeah. the fourth inning, I knew when to stand up. I knew when to sit down. I knew when to chant. And it's I not knew, like someone know. could have told you that in advance. No. Said, hey, this is this and this is that. No, you really need to immerse yourself in yes. the, and and get it through almost osmosis. Yes. just by being there. And I didn't expect. To know all those things going in, and I didn't look at that and go, "Well, they weren't they think, not thinking of me." Or why are they doing? It? Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't yeah. me, like judgment, you know. <laughs> so, it, so I think churches we 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 have an obligation to the church community and to be sensitive to those who aren't part of the church community to give them a roadmap yeah. in a way that's it's, so. It's a, it is a balancing act, you know. It's it's a balancing act, and I think we we do it. As well, well, as the key thing is we're, we're we're mindful of it, mm-hmm. and and that's what stood out to me when I when I when we were talking about this morning is that you, you and I both do this, yeah. And let's just talk for a few minutes about why we do this and what we hope it accomplishes. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 I think we encourage even our our music department to think through those things as well, and and but not, again, not to radically alter the worship of Almighty God by the people of God, but to en- enough to think about who's in the room, who might be in the room. And it was especially important this past Sunday because we did have uh, a, a, we, we had company. We had a lot. Yeah, we did. We had a lot of company. You know, this is probably the highest attendance we've had since we reopened. Um, yeah. I, I think we're as I went back yeah. through the numbers and not that attendance is all that matters, but it, it, it was a time where people felt this time to come together. And so it was exciting to do that. And, and like I said, we, we, we are in this series called Slowing Down. We're headed into um, Palm Sunday and, and, and Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. And we really honed in on the Maundy Thursday, uh, not the theme, setting, yeah. the, the setting was really worse. So as you're jumping into John 13, that's where we were at today, uh, this past week. How were you thinking through this, especially in terms of the overall theme of yeah. slowing down and everything like that? Yeah, this is probably the first one that I've done in, in the series where that that wasn't as prominent as it was with with other ones uh, mm-hmm. because it, yeah and and it really just in the what I did with that is just say look in the context of just asking us to slow down our life and again I think I did a better job of communicating this part of it in the in person services than I did on the pre recorded services uh, but it was really just thinking that there this context of, of Jesus in that moment um, was was clearly uh, connected to um, it, first off it was connected to, the, to everything he was about to go through which I thought was great with John opening mm-hmm. up with that in this segment of it where he's, you know, he's connecting this is a Passover meal and yeah. Jesus is about to be the Passover lamb yeah and so just started with that that connection but but ultimately 
ultimately this was leading to, um, and I knew that, that this, was, this was the call by Jesus to serve uh, one uh, one another. And yeah. so I really wanted to unpack that and just realize that even, and I thought you did a, just a great job with talking about how um, that that the will of God um, was connected to the to the serving, even though He was the one. I can't remember how you said it exactly. Even though He was the one who was about to go through it, He was the one going through His hard time. What did He want to do? He yeah. wanted to, He wanted to serve others, and so we, we were. It's really this is one of those Sundays where I was just weaving together several themes to pull them together in the end. It had to do with slowing down to ponder, slowing down to, to think through this, uh, thinking through what Jesus was was saying, how His own will um, was was in service to the fa- Father's will, and um, and how that led to serving other people in their time of need, and then of course the call for us to be a people who serve. So that. Even just me saying that now, I just feel I can feel the the weaving, the, the weaving yeah. in the, of the thread, and just sort of pulling that thread tight uh, as we went through our messages. Yeah, yeah, and and I look at this. I went through this as a two kind of a two step process, you know. And i i was I was thinking through the application point, and and, we, and we've talked about this in the past. You know, where do we begin when we talk about um, when we begin to craft the the message based on the scripture that we have and. I really was thinking through the setting that Jesus was in and the, the way uh, John frames this in the first four, uh, four verses with what did Jesus know, right? What did Jesus know? His Jesus hour had come. He knew his, his hour has come. Yeah. This thing that has been building, this theme that's been building in John's gospel, and I didn't even mention all of them. I think I mentioned three different occasions where he talks about it, when, those moments when his hour had not yet come. Uh, but there were, I think there's easily six or seven occasions where the theme of the hour, this big moment that Jesus has been anticipating was now happening and how John puts it out there in like a kind of almost a second prologue kind of fashion to this, this passion narrative where he says, Jesus knows what's happening because again, and this, I didn't talk about um, as much, but it was kind of implied throughout is no one took Jesus life. He's not a victim here. He's not a victim. Right. And that's where that second part of the knowledge comes in that, and this is the thing I think people don't really grapple with. We, we, we know Jesus isn't a victim, but we still treat him like one. And in John 13.3, it says, you know, he knew that he was going back to the Father and, and he was from the Father and that he had all the authority. Yeah. In this moment, he had the authority. It really has echoes of the um – the the authority that he that he had to um, to call down the the defense uh, yeah, when, the when, when Satan was uh, yeah. was tempting him yeah he had all the, the authority to call down them but the mission was that was not the, the mission the mission was not going to it was going to be thwarted if he did that like just like here it yeah. was going to be thwarted if he, he could have gotten himself out of this well and two that the fact that I think some sometimes at least I do I think of Jesus being just ultimately resolved. Right, like he 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 goes into this moment ultimately resolved yeah. that he's headed to the cross. But we know from the synoptic gospels that he he was resolved for sure. But he did have these these emotional struggles. Yeah, you brought that out with the um, the the, the, the garden the garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. yeah. So to me, it was he had even in this big tragic. Uh, sacrificial, painful moment, he had to yield to the will of the Father. And I wanted to put our people in that place. None, none, of, our, none of our situations are on par with what Jesus is going through, for sure. But there are many, many situations that we, have, we, we go into and we have to say, okay, uh, 
I don't like what's going on. I don't understand what's going on. And rather than me trying to wrestle control of this and try to do what what I want to do in this, I need to yield to the will of God. And that will lead to us being able to look outward and be able yeah. to serve other people. So that to me, that was the yeah. that was the the thread. The weight. That I, the weight yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the thread that I, I really think want to I take. think for me, the, the weight was on because I knew I wanted to land on on this this call to you can't you can't read the John, that that part of John 13 mm-hmm. and and not. Yeah, and, and neither of us did. We, you, you have to deal with the 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 call to serve others. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to, to to get there and to sit on that for 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 a moment. And I knew also, and we had it was interesting. Your focus on God's care and will was your your yeah. first, first point, and mine was discern God's will. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, I, I went the on same this application thing, went points, on this yeah. big thing about, you know, how do you do that? Yeah. But the, the, it really is, and what is God's will for you in serving? Because that's what Jesus was, was doing, and that's what he was calling his people to do, was to serve. And my what my hope was that... And I, this is something I didn't put on the uh, put in the sermon either. Is that is there there are people who feel like that there's you know hey I've served and I need to I'm going to back pull, off I'm going to back off now because my kids are grown or because I'm retired or because I'm you know I'm less mobile or something like yeah. that. Well, and there, and there may be different ways you need to serve because of life situations here. But the call to serve is never rescinded. Yeah, it's never. Yeah. And so there, as a as a missionary friend from. Um, um, Janice Raymond from uh, from Mongolia said, "You show me the word retirement in the Bible, and it's I'll show there. you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you permission to retire That's from right. Christian ministry." Well, and you really, I really love a lot. And this is the this is the 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 theology in me that really loves the dis, the the distinction between the sovereign will, the moral will, and then contrasting that with. God's the desire for an individual the, God, will. the desire for an individual will so you unpacked that pretty you know pretty significantly I really just focused on the sovereign will of God uh, side of things I, I didn't get in I, that that would be an interesting conversation with that that group of people but where where were you wanting to just kind of um, encourage people with those conversations because I think there was some really comforting things in there but also can be very jarring for people when they start thinking, well, I want to know what God's will is from, from my life. Yeah, and he's not going to yeah. tell you. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not going to, he's not going to tell you the way you think that he's going to tell you. Not the way he's going to, you think he's yeah. going to tell you. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to tell you, I want you to marry this person, I want you to, you know, I want you to take this job, and I want you to, you know, he's going to, he's, and that's really what I was trying to, that's ultimately what I was trying to do it. Don't, you can't, you can't say that. I mean, you have to say, first off, that God is in full control of the universe. Yeah. He created the world. He's in full control of it. So I wanted just to, you know, and I even said in the thinking the 1030 service, I even said that's why I love being a Presbyterian. Yeah. Because when we throw up, when we talk about the sovereign sovereign will of God, it is, it is part of the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. And that nothing just fires us up more than that because that 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 is the sheer goodness and mercy and power mm-hmm. and majesty of God. And you have to start there, which means that he can't be unaware of anything mm-hmm. that's going on. So that's true. Uh, there are also There is this moral will of God as well. So he, these, this now is really about these general principles that God gives mm-hmm. us to live our life. So if we're going to do any kind of decision-making in our life, it's going to be framed by, in the context of the sovereign will of God, it's going to be framed by the the moral will of God, which has been instructed to us and uh, given to us in Scripture. And out of that, we have this great freedom and this yeah. great responsibility, and we have this great wisdom yeah. that, uh, that we are shaped by as we are encountering the Word of God. So it was really... There's another one of these moments I, I, I felt it where, where when we've talked about this before, where just, we just you need to sort of lay the groundwork for how we get to these things, yeah. rather than saying do this, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. It's like we need to think about it this way because when we think about it this way. 
way, we then won't, A, we won't be anxious, anxious about something that, you know, did I marry the right person? Did I marry the wrong yeah. person? Um, you know, oh, no, there's principles about whom you should marry. Yeah. Um, things like that. But uh, so, so that, that, that's in place. But we can also feel confident that we've, we've chosen the place that God yeah. really is pleased with when, yeah. we, when we serve. So that, all that was in service to trying to, you know, hey, there's going to be a place for you to serve, and there's a way for you to figure out what that looks like. Yeah, and I, I, mine was more of an implied sort of when you're going through these moments where you're asking God, what is he doing? The, the answer really is he's doing something, but it, it, that, that, that's in control, that's in the sovereign plan. And then going back to the book of jo- uh, the Job 23 passage really is where I wanted to kind of just focus that again. That was one of those, man, I could, you know, you could take this out and do an entire sermon just on this one thing. But I just wanted to say from an application standpoint, how is it that Job, who had all of these individual plans for his life, and that God, we know, in his sovereign plan, upended how was he able to still stay in lockstep yeah. with with the father and 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 not lose his his faith or credibility um, and and I really honed in on that yeah, his, idea. His trail running yeah. shoes yeah. held him sticky to the to the grounding in God. Well, and it was funny too because you you used that passage at the end of your sermon. Yeah, uh, but you were using the NIV. So we talked about the translations a couple weeks ago, which I think was because I use the ESV and it talks about uh, and and it goes a little bit closer to the Hebrew where it says my feet have held fast. In the NIV, it softens it a little bit because the idea and I even mentioned this: the idea of feet holding anything is ridiculous. But that's that's the point, is because it is slippery ground, and how does he grab on to that? And the constancy is the, 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 in the end, it's that constancy of Job yeah. that 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 is impressive. Yeah, especially in Job's context, that yeah. is, that is impressive, and that's what I I think what you and I both wanted is that we would have that we'd have that kind of a lived experience of faith. Yeah. And we both went um, again we we pretty much landed on the same two applications, you know, f- yielding to the will of God and then focusing on serving others. And but we ended up explaining those in, a, in slightly different ways. So at the end, when you're talking about the service, you really give some very practical. I mean, you go yeah. from 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 using almost an absurd kind of thing with like washing the toilets in the church, which is not necessary. But then you say, "But look, that was a very, that was a really a fun moment in in the church in church even when I had eyeballs to look at. That was a very. I was wondering about that because it was not it was not a no impact at all when no I'm staring said, at a camera. No one raised their hand. And when I'm st- but it was like he could have heard a pin drop in the in in the room. Like what's what's but, he doing? Is he, is he, is he actually is he really going to ask? Is it, you know? But that's not the point. I mean, the point was no. this is this is what the foot washing was more akin to but that's not even what we're talking i mean that's not even what we're asking you to do and then you went through some of the very practical real world type things with the different ministries that we have the feeding the children and with kids pack and things like that so as you're kind of rounding out the end of that message how how what was your thought about about approaching that yeah it's just like any time we anytime you ask people to do something where you're asking them to pray and think and and to discern together uh it was really kind of the priming priming the pump yeah these are the kinds of things that are being done right now mm-hmm. you could be doing these kind of things yourself so yeah. i wanted to prime the pump and give a offer a suggestive list of uh of starting points yeah and uh, i mean i could have that, that list could have oh, that, that could have gone on and on I, music yeah. ministry would have been a huge one in, in, in any any number of ways yeah. of, of mission could have been a, a huge one uh so it was just, that, that was it just kind of trying to yeah. get people to think that here's some things that could be doing hopefully with the idea because I, I said it repeatedly was to serve 
and continue serving. Yeah. And don't stop serving. Yeah. I think that was, I think that's a very important part because a lot of times we put this serve kind of mentality out there. And it's like, well, I did that. Check, you know, yeah. I'm done. I'll see you in 10 yeah. years or something like that. That's not the point of Christian yeah. service. It's not what Jesus was modeling. He was modeling a life of service, um, which was in, in ways like washing the disciples' feet and all the way to the cross. I yeah. mean, that was this, the level of service. You know, I, I look at that too. For me, I was like, well, what, what can people tactily do to kind of reframe their their mindset um, in the middle of these moments because I was really from this background of you know Jesus is heading to the cross if someone is heading you know is, is carrying their cross at this moment they're not this is the hard part they're not exempt from focusing on on others and that that was kind of where i was like okay i know this is hard right i know this is a difficult job has the the mentality right you know he's he's holding fast to the word of god because he knows god's sovereign will and care so give you a little tool about where to begin you know because oftentimes we do this read your bible and that's great but, yeah. but then a lot of people say okay awesome it's 66 books it's this thick it's got a lot where do i start what do i hold on to so i just gave some people some practical oh, I little tools. there was a couple of things and 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 you know the, the, i love that we get to come back to these things again and again because yeah. to to just some ideas some nuggets that that were in yours that 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 i i know i'll be pondering uh and and we'll come back to but out of stress in moments of stress let those moments of stress lead to moments of service yeah yeah jesus was was himself going through this time of stress this is what you said in, in yours i thought mm-hmm. it was brilliant i said great out of these moments of stress out what jesus himself was going through he it led to service yeah. and i wish i could say that i practice what i preach all the time and no no you know but but because, that was the second thing that you did yeah. the second thing i really liked was it uh, that and be worth unpacking and love yeah. to see you unpack it and I'll, yeah. I'll ponder it myself as well uh, for future things because again we're just trying Trying to do some suggestive things here. What yeah. could this look like? But you talked about prayer list. We all have, you know, mm-hmm. prayer list, some form of a of a prayer list. Even if it's the one that comes from the church, we have a prayer list, or just the which I wish I had mentioned. I thought about it afterwards. Oh, like, yeah, we yeah, actually yeah. publish a prayer list, but there's, you know, there's a, yeah. everybody has them, even though they're just casual. There's, yeah. We still have these people that we pray for. But you have a serve list. Yeah, oh, that was great. Yeah. you know, who do I know who is in need of some encouragement? And and the, and the tough part about that serve list is it can get as extensive as the prayer list and it can't that's one of the things that got on the cutting room floor because i didn't want to i wanted to put that out there but then not back off of it because i want to say some i don't want to tell people like sometimes you go on the list and i have to take you off because i know it's not possible to yeah. do yeah I that you stay on my stay, stay on my prayer i didn't say that but and, um, and it's not possible to, to you know there's is an, an infinite number of places that we we could serve infinite number of people who, who would need that encouragement yeah. and a very finite human being who's trying to do it so yeah. we have to make all kinds of decisions in that but if we're all, but but to where you where you really landed with the serve part if we're all jumping in <laughs> Oh, that's the genius of God right there. Then we don't all have to do everything. We just do what God's put in front of us according to his sovereign and moral will, which I thought – I mean, again, dead horse beating right now. Listen to both messages because you get a more complete picture of how it all works. Your your practical applications were more corporate in nature. Mine were more individual in nature, and both are important. And so if people – 
on that serve list, what could happen is, hey, you know what? The call for uh, volunteers for VBS is out there. I need to serve there. That needs to be on my serve list. Okay, so that's one of the the children of the church. I mean, it can be that broad. It, it can be very individual, but it can also be very broad. So that's, I mean, I think that's just the, the great part about all this is that you can have both and, and that's, yeah. you know, going off of last week with the gathering together. That's why the gathering is so important. I mean, these are not... There is a thread here, people. It's not. <laughs> hey, before we wrap up this call, uh, in case anybody on listening online has not heard, which is pretty wi- pretty widespread right now, <laughs> but uh, uh, Zach McGowan has completed all of his oh, requirements for the uh, for the Doctor Ministry program and has been thank conferred you. the title of Doctor of Ministry uh, by the Prince uh, by um, by Fuller, uh, Fuller Theological yeah. Seminary. And so, uh, let me just add another venue here with this podcast to say congratulations to you and thank even you. more so to. Julie, for a job well done of getting you getting yeah. you through that, but you put in the you put in the hard work, Zach, and really proud of you, and yeah. really happy for you. And yeah. I th- I like how Anna said it. Uh, it just and Anna Burns said yeah. in, in the service uh, at, at at Vine that that this is good for you, but it's good for us as well, yeah. and it's good for the kingdom as well. Yeah. And so well done to you, Doctor McGowan. Thank you for that, John. And I just uh, give me an opportunity just to say thank you to you, John, for the last two years you've been here to. Two and, two and a half, half yeah. two and a half years flexibility even in the middle of the pandemic with uh, you know one of your staff members being uh, more having to say no a lot more than probably I would have otherwise uh, it has taught me a lot about being able to say no though so I'm, I'm able to do it better now but there's a, there's a sermon in there <clears throat> that's right it's, it's a, I, I coming do, up I do appreciate your flexibility I also appreciate the flexibility of the congregation and not just the flexibility but I, I shared this with you personally John you know I know a lot of a lot of people that are that are pursuing these sorts of degrees whether it's their masters in divinity you know I know people that pursue their masters and their doctorate where the church was not able to be as supportive you know they're in a solo pastor position and and when they they're gone. They're gone. I mean, they're, they have, they have to follow their back, yeah. back up. So this congregation, I just want to say thank you to them. And uh, and and just even since the announcement last week, uh, just an outpouring of support. I really appreciate yeah, I, I that. Think we're, all, yeah. we're all really proud of you. Yeah. So. And yeah. also, too, I do want to say thank you to my wife, Julie. Thank you to my kids. Yeah. So much sacrifice there. Uh, as you know, having gone through both, you know, both uh, post postgraduate degrees, uh, it does take a family to do it. And uh, there's a lot of flexibility on my wife's side and my kids' side. And uh, they've been very supportive. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go out and do the actual graduation in, in June. So we're excited about that as a family. And, uh, and uh, man, just so grateful to be at FPC Lakeland and being able to have this moment with everybody. So I thank you for that. One of the best things about a doctoral program is being done. Yeah, being done. That's correct. Yeah. So again, you know, everybody, thank you so much. And if you missed any one of our messages, either this week's or previous weeks in the Slowing Down series, encourage you to check out our website, fpclakeland.org. Go into the Sermon Archive tab. It's under the worship page. You can see it. You can watch full full, uh, services, listen to the messages. Uh, If you'd like to as well. And if you've missed any one of our episodes in Armchair Preaching, be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Subscribe, hit the like button, share it with your friends. This Sunday, 
Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. John will be in classic. I'll be in classic. I'll be in Vine. We're going to have kids parading yeah. in. And everybody's going to get a palm palm everybody's in their hands this getting year. Palms. There'll be something That's right. new. That's right. And uh, we're going to be talking about sharing the story. Testifying. Of just sharing the story. Tell our story. Faith. That's right. That's right. So it's going to be a great weekend. So, John, once again, thank you for hanging out for Good the last half hour. And we'll see everybody next time.